This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. SC18 rolls on in Dallas. Processors take center stage. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another special SC18 episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with Top500.org. I'm Addison Snell, joined again by Michael Feldman. We're here in Dallas at the SC18 conference talking about all things supercomputing. Michael, we're most of the way through the show. I love this show. I'm having a great time as always. What have you been up to? What are you hearing? Are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. The thing that strikes me about this is there's a lot more diversity of what people are talking about now. I mean, we've been talking about different things all year, but it's not just HPC. It's not just machine learning. People are talking about analytics now. People are talking even about IoT now and edge computing and all these yeah. sort of tangential things that are sort of starting to to gel together. They're all sort of becoming dependent on this high performance technology in one way or another. And everybody's got sort of interesting stories all year, but it's not just it's not just HPC. It's not just machine learning. People are talking about analytics now. People are talking even about IoT now and edge computing and all these yeah. sort of tangential things that are sort of starting to, to gel together. They're all sort of becoming dependent on this high performance technology in one way or another. And everybody's got sort of interesting stories. So we're seeing a lot of diversity of topics and technologies and products that I don't remember seeing in years past. You know, it's a really good point that you make there, Michael, that not just that we're talking about these things, but it really feels this year like these stories are starting to coalesce into intentional high-performance strategies that just span all of these workloads. For example, we knew we were going to come into this week and talk about AI quite a bit. Uh, but what's impressed me is that most of the time when I'm having that conversation this week, it's been about things like AI augmented HPC, using AI for things like computational steering or in-the-loop computing or target reduction. It's in conjunction with HPC, not versus HPC. And I could extend that same thing to topics like cloud isn't cloud versus on-premise. It's not why you should use cloud. It's when should you use cloud as part of a high-performance infrastructure. Analytics, where does that make sense as part of an HPC infrastructure? And you mentioned this whole edge concept, including all the way out to IoT, but it's part of an overall workflow of how does the data span from edge all the way to HPC? Yeah, exactly. And I think workflow is the key there. Those workflows are becoming more complex, more all-encompassing as we're seeing all these devices and levels get incorporated uh, with uh, high-performance technology. So that, that's sort of an interesting aspect. I mean, one part of that you see also, of course, we talk about hyperscale is how, how prominent they seem to be at, at this conference. I mean, the booths for Amazon Web Services and Google Cloud are huge and they're active. People are there. So people interested in HPC are now very interested in these hyperscale companies for, I think, a variety of reasons. Well, you know, talking about it as a hyperscale company, I mean, those are cloud service providers, and they are here essentially as vendors to the HPC space, the three biggest cloud vendors. We're not getting hyperscale in the sense of 
uh, of, you know, having Facebook, uh, you know, being here, Apple, you know, these are huge hyperscale companies that they really have nothing to do with HPC. Uh, but the ones that are cloud service providers that are serving the HPC space are here as vendors more than they're here as consumers of high performance technologies. Yeah. And yet the chip makers are certainly interested in both aspects of this. Uh, oh, you bet they are. In Jensen's presentation, you know, he's trying to define a whole new kind of HPC. And he's, he's talking about the, there's the high performance technology is, is sort of dividing into two areas. There's the scale up uh, sort of model and the scale out. And the scale out is going to the hyperscale guys. The scale, uh, the, the scale up is the traditional HPC type of application. But it's all, sort of all melding in a lot of these vendors' minds because it's they're the same sort of technology. They're being sort of repackaged into different models, uh, and it's all sort of consolidating in, into one big high-performance uh, IT infrastructure to them. Yeah, you're talking about Jensen Wong, who's the CEO of NVIDIA, who gave an yep. address on Monday. Uh, that was pretty well attended. I wasn't able to attend it myself. I was occupied with our own Intersect 360 research uh, networking reception that we like to kick off the week with. I've also given a, a market update pitch in the DDN booth, and I'll do that again at the end of the week on Thursday in the Mellanox booth. Most of my time has just been spent in speed conversations running from one company to the next where there's just tons of information to t take in, although I did also get to sit in on the ETP for HPC BOF, where they uh, were really looking at the whole Euro HPC initiative now, which is now an integrated joint initiative for the European exascale efforts. Some of the rest of my team has been uh, taking in other types of talks. Of course, we want to touch all the end users, student cluster competitions going on. It's, it's way more than we can possibly get into in one podcast. We're going to be stretching out these topics over a, a, a number of news cycles here. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of uh, a lot of the exascale news and sessions that we're going to have to catch up on uh, different developments, and that's something that's fast approaching. Uh, so it seems like we're we're closer than I than I ever thought it would be, and it doesn't seem like we're we're quite close enough when we start considering the time frame to the first systems to to be actually deployed. But uh, it's all in motion, so it's it's becoming very interesting. And you know, as you hinted at with respect to Jensen Wong's presentation, I think if there's been one overarching thing that's really dominated a lot of my conversations, although we've talked about technology all through the stack, I always spend a lot of time talking about storage. We've talked about liquid cooling a lot this week. Uh, and we've talked a lot about the middleware space, cloud. But I would say the dominant thing that's on most people's mind for me this week so far has been the uh, processor element space. And that's maybe to be expected because the competition there really heated up prior to the show with, a, with announcements around Cascade Lake AP from Intel, the, the uh, uh, AMD announcements at seven nanometers with Epic and the Zen 2 Epic uh, Rome processor, as well as their new GPU. We've got a lot of ARM momentum. We talked about some of that in our previous episode with regard to the top 500 list. This has been the biggest part of the conversation, and there's even been news developing around each of these during the show. Yeah, and I think the biggest story, at least from, from my perspective, was that AMD actually got a big win for the uh, the second-generation Epic processor that they just recently Sort of unveiled. They already got a system by HPE is going to be the vendor, uh, but they're going to be installing a, a Rome processor-powered 
uh, supercomputer into HLRS in Germany. This is going to be a, a big system, 24 petaflops peak, and that's going to be about 10,000 of those Rome processors going into it. So it's it's quite a big system. It's a big win for AMD uh, in advance of the release of these processors. Yeah, this will be the Hawk supercomputer going in there at HLRS, 24 peak petaflops, big win right out of the chute. Actually, two big wins right out of the chute because they also had the Perlmutter system going into NERSC. So really, it seems like a ton of momentum for for AMD right away with the CPU. The GPU we haven't heard as much about yet, but it's important to realize that that doesn't have to be sold together. I've talked to some OEMs who have said they're quite happy to put together servers that will feature AMD Epic CPUs with Tesla GPUs. Yeah, I think that's going to happen in a lot of cases, but I think uh, AMD is actually working on, on getting some value add into pairing up those two. I think we alluded to it last time via the Infinity Fabric and uh, just talking with some of the folks in the AMD booth, I think uh, there was sort of hints that that's sort of in the works, that uh, there's going to be some interesting things going on going forward. Not everything's been announced with Rome, even though it's been unveiled. So uh, just uh, stay tuned on that that front. But yeah, you're right. Uh, the GPUs uh, are going to be a very interesting market uh, starting, starting uh, next year as some of these big uh, AMD GPUs enter the market in uh, against the competition of, from NVIDIA, who's been a dominant player, obviously. I agree with you that that AMD story there is going to be the biggest one, but it's not the only one. Intel had news at SC18 also. In fact, Raj Hasra from Intel gave a whole media presentation on, on what their announcements were. I think it was anchored by Cascade Lake. Right. He gave a little more information about the Cascade Lake, the advanced process uh, performance version of Cascade Lake in particular, and he threw up some numbers in uh, some real-world applications on how well they're performing in relation to the first-generation Epic processors. And uh, since uh, Intel was doing this, obviously those comparisons came out very well. They had 1.5x to up to three times better performance against the uh, first-generation Epics. But of course, those those comparisons are going to be obsolete rather quickly because the Cascade Lake advanced performance processors are going to go up against what we were just talking about, the Rome processors, and those, could have, those are going to be a whole different ballgame there when they, uh, they do that. Now, that's not Intel's fault, of course. There's no Rome processors that uh, are going to be given to Intel to play with and then compare against, but uh, we're going to see the real, the real battle next year when uh, both are in the field. I will say this about Raj's presentation. As much as I think Cascade Lake AP is going to get most of the attention, my favorite thing was how they were positioning uh, the Optane line, the Optane DC solid-state drive and the persistent memory, uh, talking about reimagining the HPC memory storage hierarchy. This concept of tiering in storage has been also one of the more intense conversations I'm having this week. And uh, and those Optane uh, products really help elongate the tiering of storage all the way through flash and in, in, into some of the, the memory-like uh, technologies. And I, I just liked how that was positioned 
uh, within that presentation. I thought the most curious thing that got brought up, we've, we hinted at before. I mean, they were kind of talking about it, but then all of a sudden there on Raj's slides, there's a GPU and, you know, it kind of brings to light. Here's Intel coming back to graphics. I wanted to yell Larrabee. I mean, we, yeah. we remember where that was. I, I kind of only have about a million questions about what's going to go on with Intel and graphics there, but there it was on the chart. Yeah. I mean, one of the slides had that. I don't think much was said about it, but it, I mean, the uh, the implication is they're thinking about GPUs as a compute platform, not just for graphics, as as maybe uh, people were thinking. They started this initiative uh, last year uh, to, to develop a GPU in, in discrete form rather than just the integrated stuff they've been doing all along. Um, but they've never really talked about it in the server side sense. But having it on that slide sort of implies they're at least thinking about it. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to follow through. I think they're just uh, maybe trying to draw attention to the fact that uh, that's become an option for them. And, uh, you know, people are, are thinking about it at Intel and maybe they're trying to get some feedback from uh, the community here and to see if, how what the reaction is. Intel, of course, also has these Stratix 10 FPGAs, and uh, and that's part of the conversation as well. Although I think I've been hearing more about Xilinx in this context uh, at the show than I have about the Intel Stratix. And where I saw the most demos around FPGAs was actually in the Inspur booth, where they were showing a lot of the visual processing and inference that goes on on FPGAs and Inspur saying, pretty directly, hey, when you're doing inference, just FPGA is the, uh, the the superior platform. Yeah, that's been the conventional wisdom. And if you go into Xilinx booth, they have some demos to that effect as well, as well as some other demos uh, looking at uh, different types of data analytics worth workloads that are not inference-based. I, I think uh, Xilinx is, is sort of laser-focused on those, those types of accelerations, not on the traditional type of... Uh, uh, HPC types acceleration for their products. But yeah, they, they've seemed to, uh, uh, FPGA seem to have come into their own to, to a certain degree and they are getting some recognition for us, these application spaces that uh, are now sort of incorporated into the, into the HPC universe. Which brings us back around full circle to Jensen Wong's presentation from NVIDIA. I think their biggest news is really just that they've continued the momentum with Tesla. They talked about things like their top 500 momentum, which we also mentioned. Um, uh, also, ARM, uh, I think the biggest thing with ARM, we you know, we kind of covered that in the in the last one with uh, Astra in the last podcast with Astra. But one additional detail that came to uh, my attention, and as much as they were in those lo- in the low 200s or the high 200s, really number 203 was it with the Astra system on top 500 list. They're actually much higher on the uh, HPCG benchmark, and that was taking advantage of the uh, memory bandwidth of the ARM processors there. Right, HPCG is very uh, very memory bandwidth sensitive because of the mix of uh, of benchmark algorithms there. So yeah, I mean that was a true. Uh, True supercomputer, you could say a lot of those that they were trying to compete against were, uh, were, were some of those uh, cloud clusters that uh, that get on the list as well. So that's going to be, Astra's going to be a very interesting system, and uh, it'll be good to see some of the application uh, results as they start to put more, more traditional HPC on that system. So the competition in the processor space is is really intensified right now. And I think it was the biggest thing I've been talking about and seeing so far at SC. But to your original point, 
Um, I, I think this is the richest the conversation has ever been in terms of the wealth of different technologies and integrated strategies that we're seeing across the HPC ecosystem. We covered the processor part today, but this is going to lead us to a wealth of conversations on podcasts to come. Yeah, there's a lot to digest here. Even though, like we said, there's no huge announcements, there were a lot of little announcements that are, are going to be meaningful down the road for these companies and for the, the user community. All right, Michael, we'll come back for more from SC18 wrapping things up later on. But for now, we've got another day of show left, and I'm looking forward to getting back in there. Absolutely. All right, Michael, thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of the conference, and thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.